Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. And each person alone determines for himself if he's going to heaven or hell and we have to respect that. We have to respect each person to let them make their own decision. But we do labor And we make the message as personalized for each individual as we can. Like I told him yesterday, he was there to fix the DVR. I said, you know, there's a DVR going right now. It's on record mode. It's in heaven. And it's recording our whole conversation there. Anyway, so we labor to try to persuade, but then we have to back off. And so, because in 2 Corinthians 5.11, 2 Corinthians 5.11 says, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. We know the terror of the Lord. We know it's terrifying. Thank God we don't know it personally by experience, but we know it's terrifying to be cast into hell by an angry God, to fall into the hands of an angry God and be cast into hell. That's terrifying. That knowledge drives us to do our best to persuade the lost to decide to take Jesus as their Savior. Now, when we read at verse 55 that when the Egyptians were famished, They cried to Pharaoh. Doesn't that seem a little strange to you? I mean, uh, it sure seems strange to Pharaoh (laughs) because Pharaoh made it pretty clear in the verses above, verse 39 through 44, it was pretty clear what what Pharaoh said when Pharaoh said this. Pharaoh said unto Joseph, for as much as God has showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only on the throne will be greater than thou. Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee above over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain about his head. And he made him to ride in the second chariot, which he had. And they cried before him, bow the knee, and he made him ruler over all of Egypt. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I'm Pharaoh, and without thee shall no man lift his hand or his foot in all the land of Egypt. I mean, everyone in Egypt knew that Pharaoh had made Joseph to be over all the land of Egypt. Everyone in Egypt knew that Pharaoh had made him to rule over all the land of Egypt. Everyone in Egypt knew that Pharaoh had taken off his only ring of authority by which he signed royal decrees and laws, and the only ring of authority and given it to Joseph. Everyone knew that. Everyone in Egypt knew that Pharaoh had put a person in front of Joseph's chariot that yelled out, bow the knee. 
when Joseph came. Everybody knew that in Egypt. Everybody knew that Pharaoh had just said, no one can lift his foot or lift his hand without Joseph's permission. Everyone knew that, that Pharaoh had done all that. So the question is, why do the people cry to Pharaoh for bread? Why do the people not cry to Joseph for bread? I mean, it's just all the more strange the people didn't go to Joseph because they knew that Joseph was in charge of all the food. And they knew that he made all the decisions for the food. So why do you think the Egyptians bypassed Joseph and went directly to Pharaoh? Why do you think? He was a Hebrew. Okay. He was a Hebrew. No, he ain't going to them people. (laughs) What else do you think? Okay. Right. First of all, because as you're getting there, the people really didn't believe Pharaoh when he told them that Joseph was the ruler over Egypt and no one could lift up their hand or their foot without Joseph's permission. Because deep down, the people, as, as Tom said, they despised them people, you know, the, the Hebrews, because the Egyptians despised the Hebrews and so therefore they despised, they despised Joseph because deep down also, they knew that Joseph was not from a respectable family in Egypt, not from a family of nobility, and they despised his family. And deep down, they knew that Joseph had been a slave and he was a prisoner, and they despised his status. They despised his people, they despised his family, they despised his status. And deep down, Joseph was really despised and rejected of the Egyptians. So the Egyptians just found it easier to go to Pharaoh and cry to him. And really, the Egyptians were saying, Pharaoh, if it's all the same to you, we would prefer to go directly to you and not to Joseph. I mean, that's kind of the message of them going to Pharaoh. But in verse 55, when it says, Pharaoh said unto the Egyptians, go unto Joseph, what he said to you, do. Really, Pharaoh, when Pharaoh said that in verse 55, go unto Pharaoh, Pharaoh was saying to all the Egyptians, there's one mediator between Pharaoh and an Egyptian, and that's the man Joseph. And when the Egyptians tried to go directly to Pharaoh, Pharaoh said to them in verse 55, go unto Joseph and what he saith to you do. Really, Pharaoh was saying to the people, Joseph is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto Pharaoh but by Joseph. That was the message. And the Egyptians, they didn't want to hear that. They didn't want to go through Joseph. The Egyptians much rather preferred to go directly to Pharaoh themselves. And so Pharaoh had to set them straight again in verse 55 when he said, go unto Joseph, what he say to you do? Pharaoh was answering the Egyptians who wanted to come directly to Pharaoh with this resounding, no, you must submit yourself to the lordship of Joseph and do what he says for you to do. I mean, isn't that a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ? I mean, many people, they just find it easier to go to God and they cry to God in prayer and they don't pray, Lord Jesus, I cry to you. Uh, Oh no, because they know that Jesus is a Jew 
And deep down, Jesus is despised for his people, for being a Jew. Like Pilate put it in John 18, 35, John 18, 35, when Pilate answered, Pilate answered, am I a Jew? They know that his family was poor. Joseph the carpenter was poor. And deep down, Jesus is despised because of his family, as it says in John 6, 42. John 6, 42. They said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? And they know that Jesus was born in a barn and that he was homeless. They knew that. I mean, he said in Matthew 8, 20, Matthew 8, 20, Jesus saith unto them, unto him, Jesus saith unto him, the foxes have holes, the birds of the airs have nests, but the son of man hath not where to lay his head. I mean, they knew that about him, and so they despised him for his status in society. And when the people try to go directly to God and bypass Jesus, as the rabbis love to say, we go directly to God, as they prefer to go directly to God, God answers them with the resounding no and says the words of 1 Timothy 2.5, 1 Timothy 2.5, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Just like the Egyptians, when people try to go directly to God, God answers those people with John 14.6, John 14.6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So from that verse is the answer that God gives the people who try to go directly to God and leave the Lord Jesus out of the picture. And and God says a resounding no. Just as Pharaoh told the Egyptians, what he saith to you, do. Go to Joseph. So the message from heaven is to obey the Lord Jesus as God the Father spoke in Luke 9.35. Luke 9.35. There came a voice out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son. Hear him. God's response to those who want to bypass the Lord Jesus is Acts 4.10. Acts 4.10. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him, by doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So what's clear from verse 55 when it says there, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread, and Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians, go unto Joseph, what do you say unto you do? Is that the Egyptians had one way which was in mind, which was that the Egyptians should go directly to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh had a different way, another way in mind, which was that all the Egyptians should go to Joseph. Now, everyone on earth falls into one of these two categories. There's only two categories. Of either trying to bypass the Lord Jesus Christ and go directly to God or go directly to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we can picture in our minds, the Egyptians facing Pharaoh and crying for bread and Pharaoh saying to them, oh no, turn around and face Joseph and cry to him for bread and do what he says for you to do. 
So there's an essential question on the table here. And the question that Pharaoh was indirectly asking the people to ask themselves was simply, what think ye of Joseph? What think ye of Joseph? Pharaoh had said what he thought of Joseph when he said in, in verse 38, verse 38, verse 38, Pharaoh said unto his servants, can we find such a one as this is, a man in whom the spirit of God is? Now the question is, has come now down to the Egyptians. Okay, I, Pharaoh could say to them, I told you what I think, what think ye of, of Joseph? Really, Pharaoh had made it clear what he thought of Joseph, and now it's up to the Egyptians to change their mind, to follow Pharaoh and to think the same of Joseph as Pharaoh thought of Joseph. I mean, this is such an amazing picture for us to look at here with the Egyptians trying to bypass Joseph and not value Joseph, and Pharaoh saying to the Egyptians, no, you need to value Joseph, and you need to obey him. And this is such an amazing picture for us because it gets at the heart of the issue of the question that the Lord Jesus asked the Pharisees in Matthew twenty-two forty-two, Matthew twenty-two forty-two, Matthew twenty-two forty-two, which says, "What think ye of Christ?" Now it's incredible that the Pharisees also asked that same question. The Pharisees asked that same question in Matthew twenty-six sixty-six. So just four chapters later, in Matthew 26, 66, the Pharisee says, what think ye? And they answered and said, he's guilty of death. There was just this difference here. So just as in Egypt, where the vital question was, what think ye of Joseph? So the vital question today is, what think ye of Christ? And when we think of the Lord Jesus Christ, there is one verse that guides us in our valuation of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the verse is Colossians 2.9. Colossians 2.9 guides us in our estimation or in our evaluation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 2.9 says, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now that's quite a phrase, all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And how do you grasp the meaning of a phrase like that? all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. To grasp the value of that is to grasp the value of the Lord Jesus Christ, all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. All the fullness of the Godhead dwells in him. This means he's not inferior to God. He's not lacking in some aspect for God. He's all God, and in him is all that God is. Now, what do you think of when you think of God? When you think of God, what do you think of? Give me one word answers, not a thesis, but just one word answers. Just give me single words that you think of when you think of God. Sovereign, creator, almighty, sorry, holy, okay, what else? Just, okay, merciful, life, righteous, okay, how about the Great Commission? All is given unto me. What? Power. Okay, all power. Good. Power. What else? How about, um, how about when, you look at, when you look at a flower, what do you see? Beauty. God is beautiful. Okay. Love. For God so loved the world. What else? When you look at 
Okay, that's right. Love because it's only begotten son. Now, what about when you see animals that are that always have enough to eat? What does that show you about God? Caring, care. And what about what happens to people after they die? Right, judge, judgment. Okay, and what about the book of Leviticus? What does that tell you about God? Okay, well, that is another one. Organized, definitely, order, order, okay? The book of Leviticus is if a man sins, da-da-da, 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 what for? For forgiveness, right? The book of Leviticus is all about forgiveness. Okay, forgiveness, okay. Uh, What about my blank I give unto you? Not as the world gives unto you. Peace, peace, okay, peace. Okay, good. And um, what else? What about um, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever? Unchanging, unchangeableness of God. Okay, what about something is his and he will repay? Vengeance, vengeance of God. Okay, what about something that comes down from above? Wisdom, wisdom. Okay, okay. And um, what about what was over the tabernacle? The cloud and also the, what about the Shekinah? Glory, the glory of God. Okay, good, good, okay. So all of these things that we've talked about as single words to describe God, all the power of God is in him. All the authority of God is in him. All the almightiness of God is in the Lord Jesus. All, all, all the, 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 the creatorship of God is in him. All the character, the moral character, the Ten Commandments, the description of his moral character, that's in him. All the righteousness of God is in him. All the holiness of God is in him. All the beauty of God is in him. All this love and care and compassion of God is in him. All the judgment of God is in him. All the vengeance of God is in him. All the forgiveness of God is in him. All the mercy of God is in him. Um, Oh, there's another one. See how you say this one. I'm trying to give you a clue. Um, Something of God is he that calleth you who also will do it. Faithfulness faithfulness of God, all the faithfulness of God is in him. And all the kindness of God is in him. And in Titus 3, 4, Titus 3, 4, after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared. All the wisdom of God is in him. All the knowledge of God is in him. All the peace of God is in him. All the truth we didn't mention truth. All the truth of God is in him. All the unchangeableness of God is in him. With all the vengeance of God is in him. All the wisdom, all the majesty of God, all the goodness of God is in him. All the glory of God is in him. All the holiness of God is in him. That's what it means in Colossians 2.9 when it says, in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. This is what it means when the fullness of the Godhead dwells in him. It means that everything that God is, is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And where this becomes very meaningful to us individually is in addressing our essential problem before we came to the Lord Jesus Christ. Our essential problem is described in Ephesians 5.8. Ephesians 5.8 says, you were sometimes 
darkness. It doesn't say you were in darkness. It says you were sometimes darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. Before we came to the Lord Jesus Christ, it wasn't just that we were in darkness. We were in darkness. But the problem was more severe than that. We were darkness. We were darkness itself. And another essential word to describe God, which we didn't say, is light. Light, right? First John 1, 5. First John 1, 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you, that God is what? Light. That God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. This means that we can add to the list light and say all the light of God is in him. We came to the Lord Jesus Christ. Our walk was, was in darkness turned to light, as he said in John 8, 12. John 8, 12, when he said, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Such a picture of the tabernacle of journeyings in the wilderness. As they journeyed on, they had the light of the Shekinah glory. That's what he's referring to. What he did for our problem of being in darkness and being darkness itself is described for us in Colossians 1.13. Colossians 1.13. Colossians 1.13 says, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Darkness is powerful. Darkness is very powerful. Darkness held us in its great power, and when it says that we were delivered from the power of darkness, that means that he rescued us from the power of darkness, from our personal bondages to the darknesses of our personal sins. He delivered us from that. He delivered us from the presence of darkness in our lives so that we could walk in the light, in the light of his word, especially. He delivered us from a person who is called the prince of of darkness. That's the that's the title for Satan. He's the prince of darkness. And he delivered us from a future of darkness in hell. That's how hell is described. So in verse 55, when the Egyptians cried to Pharaoh for bread, and Pharaoh said to them, go to Joseph, Pharaoh was not saying to the Egyptians, get off my back. He wasn't saying that. <laughs> you know, he, he wasn't saying to the Egyptians, oh, at last I have Joseph you can complain to. I can take a break from all you troubles. No, no, he wasn't saying that. That wasn't Pharaoh. By saying to the Egyptians, go to Joseph, jo- Pharaoh was not saying to the Egyptians that he didn't care for them anymore. It's just, just the opposite, as a matter of fact. Pharaoh was showing the utmost care For the Egyptians, when he said to them in verse 55, go to Joseph. By telling the Egyptians to go to Joseph, Pharaoh was telling the Egyptians that he, Joseph, had made great benefits available to the Egyptians, or Pharaoh had made great benefits available to the Egyptians through Joseph. That's the key word. You're only going to get those benefits if you go through Joseph, if you go to Joseph. So Pharaoh was telling the Egyptians that Pharaoh was only to be approached through Joseph. And in the same way, God the Father tells us that he is only to be approached through the Lord Jesus Christ. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.com 
friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. Or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Do you believe God created the earth? Do you believe God created you in his image? Then come celebrate Museum Day at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California on Saturday, November 4th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Museum Day is a Christian family festival event with life-size dinosaurs, games, rides, contest prizes, fair food, vendor booths, petting zoos, live animal encounters, and super science experiments for kids, along with world-renowned speakers Tom Cantor, Eric Hoven, David Reeves, Russ Miller, Kevin Conover, Dr. John Baumgartner, and more. Free admission to the museum and all speaking engagements for you and your family and entire church family are free. The Creation and Earth History Museum is located off of Highway 67 and Woodside Avenue in Santee next to the Santee Drive-In. So bring your family and friends on Saturday, November 4th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. and strengthen your faith at Museum Day. For more information, call us at 619-599-1104 or creationsd.org, creationsd.org.